Welcome to the Career Confidence for Immigrants podcast. My name is Sonia Ortiz and I'm your host. If you're a newcomer to a country, this is not the show for you. But if you've been stable in a country for a while and you feel stuck with indecision, self-doubt and confusion about your career and you want to start feeling better in your day-to-day work life, then this is the show for you. Let's get started. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode. I think this is episode 11 of the podcast. I hope that is right. So I'm doing really well. Thank you. I'm recording this a little bit earlier in the day, so I may be, I may sound a little bit sleepy, but hey, this was the only time that I had available today. So we make it work with what we have. Now, I'm very excited to announce that I'm going to be having conversations with fellow immigrant peeps who are interested in appearing in the podcast. And I don't have a schedule of episodes yet, but my goal is to have other first and second generation immigrants come and share their career and business stories, as well as having other experts and life coaches or therapists who also serve my niche. Because I really believe that speaking to other people, it's how we become smarter and more open-minded. And I obviously don't have all the answers. So yay, I am super, super excited. And I can't wait to share the news when I, ha- when I have more details on that. Now, today's episode, it's called Adopting and Dropping Labels. And I know that's very vague, but bear with me. I will unpack the whole thing. And before we begin, I wanted to ask you to please, please share the podcast with a friend. As an independent emerging content creator, I really, really appreciate you spreading the word about this podcast. So thank you. And as a reminder, the Career Confidence for First and Second Generation Immigrants podcast is designed to help you understand how to use your mind strategically so you can get the career and the life you really want and you care about. So yes, spread the word with a friend. The best way to do so is via Instagram. You can share a screenshot of the podcast and then tag a friend and tag me at my handle at I am Sonia Ortiz. Okay, so let's get started. I wanted to do an episode on the idea of adopting and dropping labels because throughout my life, this is something that I have found myself doing, adopting labels and then dropping them. So at first I thought that I was wrong for doing so. Like, why can I just stick with a concept or a tool or something forever? Am I flaky if I'm into some kind of theory or philosophy for a while and then I stop using it? And when I reflect that, what I notice is that this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It can be a great skill because it's all about mental flexibility. So what are labels? What kinds of labels am I talking about? Well, I'm glad you asked because according to the Googles, a label is number one definition, a small piece of paper, fabric, plastic, or similar material attached to an object and given important information about it. Or number two, a classifying phrase or name applied to a person or thing especially one that is inaccurate or restrictive. So for the purpose of this episode, I would say my definition of labels is a bit of a mix of these two things. 
Because my whole point and the big aha moment I've had with labels is that they can be amazing starting points that give you important information about something. But when you use them for too long or you use them too unconsciously, they could become restrictive and limiting. So some examples of real life labels can include things like race, ethnicity, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, age, religion, language, profession, geographic location, just to name a few, right? This is according to Wikipedia. I got those ideas from Wikipedia. But we can also include other categories of labels with things like mental health, mental health diagnosis, sorry, personality tests, astrological signs, attachment style theories, human design types, Ayurveda types or whatever. So you get the idea. There's a lot of different things, different labels. Now, of course, not all of these labels are made equal, but I just presented a big bucket of examples just to have an idea and almost like a wide view of the concept. Now, some labels are more of what I like to call a fixed circumstance, like our race, our ethnicity, our age. These labels don't change because until now, there haven't been any medical procedures to become immortal <laughs> or to change one, one's DNA. And similarly, you can't just think or will yourself into being younger or of a different ethnicity or race, right? You can't expect to just think about it and change it, right? Other individual labels like gender identity and sexual orientation are what I like to call more of fluid labels. So for example, if I were to ask my gay friends at what age did they know that they were gay, they would all probably give me a different answer because there's no one universal age or point in time where your sexual orientation is fully 100% defined and fixed forever. Now, labels really matter because they allow us to process information and make sense of the world. And this is about language, right? And language really, really matters because I've said this many times in the podcast, but language and labels is precisely why some cookie cutter positive affirmations simply don't work for some people. For example, if you've been trying to convince yourself of the idea that you should awaken your inner goddess in order to accept your feminine body, but instead you feel worse, the reason may be language and labels. If someone were to tell you, well, you should just learn to accept how your body looks, how your stomach looks, you may feel completely different than, you know, being told to awaken your inner feminine goddess or something like that. Again, because language really matters. And adopting labels is key for understanding ourselves and our world. Labels help us make sense of our environment as well. As social animals that we are as humans, we always want to know where we are in relation to others. And I know comparison tends to have this negative connotation, but it's really a very healthy and normal mechanism. Of course, we're not taking out of proportion, precisely because comparison allows us to understand our place in the greater society and world and cosmos, right? So now let's get really specific, right? I was really talking about big picture things, but now I really wanted to share two examples 
that I've had in my life of adopting labels that completely and radically changed my life. So number one is discovering that there were something called 1.5 generation immigrants. And number two, getting my generalized anxiety disorder diagnosis. So let's start with the first ones. For those of you who don't know what the 1.5 generation immigrants refers to is those immigrants who came to a new country in their early teens or a little bit before. So basically like me, I came to Canada when I was 14 from Venezuela. And it's a term that was coined or at least used prominently by a sociologist named Ruben Rumbo. And the key feature of this category of 1.5 generation immigrants is that they are a mix of new and old culture. And they always feel like they kind of fall in between the cracks. And really, when I learned of the existence of 1.5 generation immigrants, I probably cried out of joy. (laughs) As someone who struggled with social anxiety so much during my high school and university years, this concept of 1.5 generation immigrants finally gave me permission to think that I was normal. In the sense that, of course, I've always felt like an outcast. Of course, I've always felt like I'm not from there, but I'm not from here either. Like that is what being a 1.5 generation immigrant is all about, right? And this is an example of a super fun label that basically helped me go from thinking thoughts like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I never fit in to being, well, of course, of course I never fit in and this is why. And it gave me like an explanation, right? Now, a second example of me adopting a label that was really useful was getting a diagnosed anxiety disorder. So a generalized anxiety disorder that was given by my therapist. Now, I talk more about this in an episode called Living with Anxiety, and I think I will link it in the show notes, but I think this label for me was so important because once again, I was under the impression that something was terribly wrong with me for having so many intrusive and violent thoughts and fear of dying and going out by myself at night and so on. And when I worked with my therapist, she really helped me understand that my anxiety was very much the result of having grown up in one of the most dangerous cities in the world. I'm from Caracas, Venezuela. During my formative years, right? And the generalized anxiety disorder was actually a treatable condition. And then suddenly everything just made more, much more sense. And why? Well, it's because this label helped me go from thinking, oh my God, something is broken inside of me to, oh, I understand where my reactions come from. I understand how to manage them. It's like I finally had a roadmap for my brain and my life, right? So I share those two examples because what they have in common is the following. Labels ultimately give us comfort and permission to think that nothing is wrong with us. When you think about it, our brains by default are designed to protect us from danger, right? And anything that is unknown or never seen before is just interpreted by our minds as something dangerous. So whenever we have no label, so the absence of a label, the um, the absence of a container or a name for something makes us feel a lot of fear and danger. So naturally, our minds 
simply go to something's wrong. But in reality, nothing, nothing is wrong. <laughs> and this is why I really think that adopting labels, it's such an important skill and tool that we have in life. But now let's talk about the other side of the coin, okay? The other skill we need to build, which is that of dropping labels. So what do I mean by dropping labels and is this even desirable? Well, like I said at the beginning, like, shouldn't we hold on to labels forever and always have them front and center and always be consistent with them? That was the question. That was the premise I used to believe. And that's what I thought we were supposed to do. But like I said, over the years, I realized that that view didn't really serve me. And the reason it's really because as we evolve, the thought that we used to think, let's say a year ago to get us from point A to point B may not be very useful from getting us to point B to point C in the future, right? So for example, when I got my generalized anxiety disorder diagnosis, I went on to probably about like one, one, two years literally of discovery and recovery and trying to understand everything about anxiety and how to change my habits and how to prioritize self-care and how to prevent anxiety attacks and how to manage my thinking and so on. And in that time, I went from feeling like a 10 out of 10 on the anxiety scale all the time to having like a one or two out of 10 on most days, which made my life very open and manageable and fun, right? So on most days when I would feel a one or a two in terms of anxiety, focusing on how I had an anxiety disorder and how I really needed to get better didn't really serve me. It would be like trying to solve a problem or think about a problem from the past that wasn't there anymore on that day. So I really had to learn to let go of that label, be grateful that it served me to take action and get better. And eventually for a long time, I didn't even think about it. So in other words, I wouldn't go out in the streets telling people, hi, I'm Sonia Ortiz and I have this generalized anxiety disorder. Hello. Right. And when I was feeling better, it didn't even occur to me that the label existed because I it, it wouldn't really have served me to focus on it so much. Right. Now, another example of a label that I learned and I internalized, but then I decided to drop when it no longer served me was that of human design. Now, human design is quite something. <laughs> you can, you're welcome to Google it, but it may be kind of scary. Uh, essentially, it's a system that combines ancient wisdom, astrology, the chakra system, and it sounds very crazy. And I kind of laugh at it, but honestly, it has some very useful aspects. But um, just to be, to summarize here, I just became super fascinated by it when I first encounter it. And in human design, there are something that's called an aura type. And I learned that my aura type was a manifesting generator. That's the name of the type. And I learned this at a time where I was managing my camperman business, helping my husband grow his vinyl record business, working with some one-on-one life coaching clients. And I felt super awful and guilty. Why? Because I had this belief that I should be just doing one thing. 
I would have thoughts like, why, you know, everyone else tells you that you should always do one thing. There's something wrong with me because I can do just one thing. Why do I keep failing and just choosing one thing? Why do I always have to have 10 projects at once? Why am I like this? And, you know, I was really going on a lot of judgment about myself and I wasn't really pacing myself. So also that kind of, you know, made me even more exhausted. So then, of course, human design comes into my life and the whole thing, it's like, well, you know, the reason why you like to have so many projects, it's because you're a manifesting generator and this type of energy works really well on multiple projects and so on. And right away, instant relief, right? Once again, It wasn't the label itself. It wasn't the fact of me being a manifesting generator, however that looked like in real life. That wasn't what changed my life. It was the permission I gave myself to stop thinking judgmental thoughts about myself. Essentially, the the label manifesting generator helped me once again believe and embrace that nothing was wrong with me. So, of course, eventually I decided to drop the label because the system is pretty deep and it gets kind of culty and very dogmatic at times. And I noticed that I was really trying to use the tool to explain everything. And yeah, I, I just kind of like had to back up a little bit. And I remember also the most basic truth of the universe, which is what I like to teach in this podcast, which is the idea that you're allowed to think whatever you want. Really, there's no like thought police out there. In other words, I really had to remember with the human design that I had permission to think good thoughts about myself just because I wanted to, not because it's my aura type or my astrological sign or whatever other system out there. And I I don't mean to judge the systems. I think they do have value. And if you really use these tools, they can be really, really powerful. But all I'm saying is that regardless of the system, we still have the power to think whatever we want about ourselves. And we don't need a full system or a guru or a philosophy (laughs) to tell us that we can do so, right? We can give ourselves that permission ourselves, right? So one last interesting thing I wanted to mention with labels is that I I have noticed that there are cycles with them. In other words, it's normal that you may have dropped the label a few years ago, and then maybe you get back into it, you pick it up again a few years in the future. I think the reason why it's because humans learn through repetition. So if this happens in your life, maybe don't think that you're you know, re-adopting a label because you're regressing or you're doing something wrong. It may just be that you have, you know, lessons that you needed to integrate from the first time that you didn't get yet. So I really went through that cycle of coming back to a label with the generalized anxiety disorder. So during the pandemic, about at the end of the summer, I had this relapse in anxiety. So in other words, I had anxiety levels that became kind of disruptive. But having had that label, that generalized anxiety disorder label in my pocket, 
I knew how to use it. So I booked sessions with my therapist. I revisited the basics of good sleep, exercise, screen time management, pacing myself, rest, self-care, and all these things, right? When I was in the middle of an anxiety attack, of course, reminding myself of the label, okay, yeah, this is anxiety. This is like my anxiety disorder and so on was very useful for that moment. And as I am recovering and I'm feeling more grounded and my anxiety levels are back to normal, let's say, I find myself slowly putting the label in my back pocket, you know, (laughs) just like putting it aside for a little bit because I understand the skill of adopting and dropping labels is important. Both things, adopting, but then also learning how to when and how to drop it. So all this story time, really, (laughs) dear listener, I am sharing because if you're wondering whether some labels in your life are serving you or not, I want you to consider asking yourself some questions. So here they are. How is this label helping me right now? Is focusing on this label helping me get where I want to go next? Is it helping me create the results that I want to create in my life? Am I using this label just to give myself permission to think positive thoughts about myself? And if that's the case, can I just give myself permission to do just that without the need to have a label? Now, if the label if you know if that the label isn't helping you go where you want to go, then, you know, it may be time to drop it. Or at least, like I said, just put it in your back pocket for a little while. Because really, dropping the label doesn't mean that you dismiss it or you reject it or deny it and you throw it in the garbage, right? It simply means that you will move your focus and your thoughts away from it for a little while while you give yourself some space to see how you feel without it. And really, you can also choose to think that whatever lesson the label needed to teach you, you have absorbed it. It's inside of you in the form of knowledge in your subconscious and your brain can access it anytime when it needs it without having to consciously always think about it all the time. So there you have it. My friends, that is my whole theory on why adopting and dropping labels are two skills that are very, very much needed in life and to have the career and the lifestyle that you really want to have in this lifetime. So there you have it, my friends. I hope this episode was useful. And if you want to reach out, make sure that you follow me on Instagram. My handle is I am Sonia Ortiz. That is my handle. That is where I hang out the most. So I would love to hear from you. I will talk to you next week. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're interested in learning how coaching can help you navigate career changes and achieve a better work-life balance, then make sure you check out my website at soniaortiz.com. You'll have all the information on how we can work together. Talk to you soon.